<laughs> Shall we begin? Welcome to the Savage Monster Cast. I'm your host, Scott Marshan Davis of Happy Monster Press. Let's begin On this week's episode, the heroes begin their career as a special expeditionary team, Alpha 1 2. My name is Brendan. I will be playing Leviticus Overton, a quick flex glitter boy. Hi, my name is Frankie. I'm playing Kuva, a Simvin Burster. Hi, my name is Jong Su, and I will be playing a an elf cybernite named Mingbi. Hi, my name is Frank, and I'm playing Click, a Trimador Techno Wizard. Hi, everyone. I'm Bob, and I'm playing Quinlan, who's an elven leyline walker. Hi, my name is Steve, and I'm playing Lance, the human juicer. Welcome to Rift's Earth. Uh, and I apologize in, to Brendan as a native Missourian for the fact that you're starting off in Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'll hold my nose and proceed. So you have found yourselves for, for various reasons at the refuge. This is a castle that was by dwarves who came through a rift. The Hammerheart clan are their, uh, their name and the itself is a combination of medieval and high technology it's nestled in the hills of what were once the ozarks surrounded by uh, greenery and you've each come to join in the tomorrow legion is a new organization founded after the fall of tolkien with the purpose of providing a better future for all sentient beings what a noble and honorable cause. So typical propaganda. So each of you have received a summons to the office of Top Chief L of Owls. Uh, you're aware that uh, she is a, a deep, meaning an alien, and that she is in charge of all specialist teams and operations for the Tomorrow Legion. Her office is located top of one of the towers. So as you ascend, you can look out over the, and you can see where the dwarves and other, other people helping them are constructing new shelters and residences for people who've come to live near Castle Refuge under the protection of the Tomorrow Legion. So as you arrive in her office, you see that she is a humanoid, but winged, with uh, somewhat owl-like features, perhaps explaining her uh, her name. Uh, she greets you each by name, and uh, you you file into her office. You are not currently wearing your full battle gear, so bear that in mind. But uh, what do uh, each of you see as you enter? We'll start with uh, Leviticus as the first as the as the first one in. What do people see when they arrive and see you? Uh, what you see is me in my um, my my natural state. I'm a quick flex alien, uh, and I am a, a an, an ugly, um, you know, I, 
you know, just just an unpleasant um, person to to look at. I mean, clearly, I, I'm every bit as articulate and every bit as intelligent as you are, but there is I, I'm so ugly that you almost sort of feel like I smell a little rather repellent. Um, I'm, I'm wearing I'm wearing light armor, and I am pretty uncomfortable. I really would rather you know not be seen very much i mean this is i'm clearly just very uh socially awkward here but i but there's you know i'm I'm happy to be here i mean i want to do a good job i want to be part of this team but damn it i really wish that i was in my armor (laughs) okay uh lady mimby you're the next to arrive what do people see in that when they uh see you Oh, I am a cyber knight. I guess I don't have my weapons. Uh, you you could you could be carrying your uh, your flaming sword, and of course your psi swords manifest automatically when at will, just sprouting out of your hands. God, I, I'm not wearing armor, so it's light armor. It would be, you know, I I look pretty athletic. Um, and um. Kind of quiet, not modest, right? Not nothing fancy, nothing too shiny, um, and serious, little serious looking. Okay. All right, Kuva, you're in the next one. Okay. Uh, my character is about five foot seven. He has got an alligator like maw. Um, he's got pit. Normal, like human flesh tone, uh, with jet black eyes and uh, brown hair, kind of like a mane. He's going to be dressed in primarily a cloak. So, um, other than that, just kind of modest clothes. Um, he's also going to feel uncomfortable and seem uncomfortable for being here. Okay. Click. So you guys have seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind, right? <laughs> that old. I'm the Stretch yeah. Armstrong version of that. <laughs> I, I'm I'm about six and a half to seven feet tall with an incredibly long articulated neck. Um, kind of different shades of bluish, light blue on the stomach, dark blue across the back of the neck and, and down the back and on the back of my arms. Um. I am constantly fidgeting with whatever little gigaws and, and and toys and things I can find and or pick up off the ground. And um, I have a small mechanical cat on my shoulder that I talk to constantly. And frankly, I am just thrilled to be in a room full of people. All right. Quinlan, you're next in. All right, so um, I'm playing Quinlan. Uh, he's an elf leyline walker. Um, so he's he, he tries to be very sort of contained, uh, but emotionally he's raw and wild and a little crazy. Um, having said that, though, I, I sort of see him as like a fairly simple kind of wizard, uh, sort of tattered robes, fur, that sort of thing, um, with like hints of like green and gray. Um, and, you know, like, either fetishes or bone necklaces, that sort of thing. Um, and he doesn't carry a lot with him because he's working with magic on ley lines. Uh, but he definitely has like a gruff sort of like beaten up kind of gritty look despite being an elf. Okay. And last but not least, uh, you see a human enter the room. I'm here. 
and he can describe himself. You <laughs> can enter the room. <laughs> okay, uh, Lance is um, your average size human. He's about you know five five foot eleven, six foot. Um, he's got a wild mess of hair and kind of a patchy five o'clock shadow. Like he just strolled out of the wilderness. Um, he has um, this suit of armor, but it's somewhat concealed underneath this tattered poncho that he wears. Um, you could tell that he'd really people rather not see what he's wearing, but you can kind of tell that the tubes of a juicer rig are kind of sticking out here and there. Uh, he kind of shifts between things aren't moving fast enough for him and he looks annoyed to, I just took a hit of reefer and I'm kind of chill. And those are his two modes. So coffee or weed, basically. (laughs) That's a good way to look at it. On a minute to minute basis. Uh, You've all arrived. You're kind of looking at each other. None of you know each other at this point. And you see... L of Owls look at you and gesture for you to take seats in her office. She's got a fairly a fairly spacious office. There's plenty of seating for everyone, even seating that will accommodate the large frame of a Tremador. Okay. So as you as you take your seats, she's she looks around at you and says, "As you may know, we are the Tomorrow Legion is formed to protect refugees from Tolkien as well as any others who seek shelter here. What you may not know." is that not every recruit to the Tomorrow Legion fits neatly into, the, into our standard legions that protect the, the castle. My charge are specialist units. As an experiment, we are taking certain individuals with special talents, which would include all of you, and forming what we call special expeditionary teams. These teams will strike out at whatever is necessary, Go out to explore what the world has to hold, help locate others who might support us, and of course, help us deal with those dangerous powers to our north and east. I'm sure I need to remind none of you of the dangers of the coalition. As we are technically in coalition territory, although not territory they plan to control, the black armor of the dead boys is something we need to address with caution. You are not authorized to attack the coalition at will, but you are authorized to do what you believe is right. You will be out of range of communication with the castle, and we will be trusting to your own judgment. As for the Federation of Magic, they have thus far let us alone, but I cannot believe that that will persist forever, so you must be cautious for their forces as well. You will form a special expeditionary team on an experimental basis. You'll be part of the Alpha group of expeditionary teams, the last of the, gr- of the teams that will form in that group. You'll be known as Special Expeditionary Team Alpha 1-2. We've considered the question of a leader for your team and determined that the Cyber Knight, Lady Mimby, will be the, the best choice of the, of the group. She is therefore assigned the rank of Corporal of the Legion. The rest of you will begin as Specialist Class. In both cases, this will provide a 10% increase in the standard pay over a Legionary. Do you have any questions about your assignment? What if killing CS on site is the right thing to do? Then you'll have to use your judgment appropriately and deal with them as he has seemed it. You would not be the first expeditionary team to have a run of the coalition. That is certain. It will be appropriate for you to take action that needed to protect the innocent and to ensure that refugees are safe. What responsibilities do we have to keep 
the castle apprised of our activities or movements of the coalition or the federation of magic the tomorrow legion would be interested in any information that you can provide about either the federation of magic or the coalition or for that matter any other hostile forces you might encounter nearby do we have reports of any other hostile forces we have encountered occasional coalition scout forces in the immediate vicinity. However, they do not appear to be hostile at this time. So this is all the information we have about dealing with enemies. Do we have latitude for dealing with friends, potentially setting up treaties if we find um, potential allies? Certainly sending them to the, the castle to work with the High Council would be appropriate. Beyond that, you must use your judgment. As said, you'll be mostly out of range of communications with the, with the castle during your missions. And therefore, we're relying on your, on your best judgment. If you see an opportunity for an, an alliance that makes sense, by all means, take that opportunity. Good. It is, of course, our job to not only root out the evil, but to look for the good in people. Naturally. Everyone. And we hope that you will find it. We have an initial mission for you, which we believe will be fairly straightforward. I look forward. We are at present a bit short of equipment. Therefore, we send you out on foot, obviously, for some of you. And she gestures at uh, Leviticus and at Uva. This will be less of a hardship than for others. Your mission is to conduct a patrol of several small towns, which are under the protection of the Tomorrow Legion to our north and west. Takes out a map and lays it down in front of you and points out several different towns. The first one being about a day's march away from the castle. Your mission here is simple. Check in with the townsfolk, ensure that there are no issues, and port back on the end of the towns after you complete your loop. We anticipate that the entire mission will take about seven to ten days, depending on how fast you travel through the wilderness. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Are there any environmental and terrain and situational hazards we might uh, come across in those kinds of terrains that you know about? Aside from the usual hills and rough terrain, I don't anticipate any particular concerns. Fair enough. You can draw rations from the supply depot. Okay. Time of the day is it? Um, should we set off day or if it's a, a few days walk? Uh, you can certainly set off. Uh, you could you could wait and set off in the morning, uh, given that it is yeah, or it's fairly early in the day. So depending on how how much time you want to take to get there, you could either head out immediately and probably arrive. Uh, have to camp before the, reaching the first town, or you could uh, take you could spend the night at the castle and head out first thing in the morning. How we do that? That way we'll get all the inf information about the road and get all of our equipment set together and get ready to go. Probably a good idea. Agreed. Do it when we're ready. When we're really ready. Yeah, okay. Can't get to know each other. All right. So, what do you do in the interim while you're waiting uh, overnight? Then you, you uh, take the opportunity to get to know each other. Aside from drawing rations, what's your game plan? Let's draw rations. I mean, I, I imagine we'll we'll be camping for parts of this trip, so I do want to have definitely a possibility. Yes, out for that. I'll uh, greet all of my uh, fellow party members well, since we'll be traveling together. Introduce myself. Yeah, same. I'm also going to mingle with everyone, but as a leyline walker, I'd like to sort of meditate or take some time or do something so that I can uh, sense or detect any rifts around the areas we're going to be. Okay, you can absolutely do that. Go ahead and make a notice check. Very cool. Any modifiers? No, nope, just a straight notice. Super. Do we expect any vampires or anything exciting in this area? I mean, what do we know about this area? So vampires are mostly known in the Mexico area. 
so further south. But they're not unheard of in this in this area. The most likely things you'd run into are either coalition forces, which could be uh, side stalkers, dog boys, dead boys, etc. Or you might run into various kinds of forces from the Federation of Magic, which often could include some pretty nasty things along the lines of demons and such. We do a quick uh, once over to see what everybody's favorite combat positions and you know skills within a team are that seems like a reasonable thing to do yeah i am not much for the whole mix and mingle socialization stuff i'm kind of awkward i'm, I'm kind of yeah. awkward you know in terms of the socializing stuff but as soon as this this is conversation turns to this topic oh yeah i like to be out in front you know <laughs> in in my armor i like to i like to wade into it and uh you know, soften them up with heavy machine gun fire before giving the bad guys what they deserve. This dude's going to keep me safe. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> I would quietly huddle everyone together and then show them fire. I can summon fire out of my hands. You can summon fire? Yeah, summon flames. I say, that is pretty cool, but I draw my vibro, I draw my vibro sword and say, this is also pretty good too. <laughs> Speaking of that, um, Scott, was there going to be like a banquet or anything? Are we going to eat anything while we're here? There's a mess hall where you can uh, you can have a meal. They they serve meal five <laughs> times a day for various um, shifts. Like uh, a minor fire where they're cooking something, I'm going to tamper with it a bit and cause a like a little bit of a uh, like an overflow. <laughs> just kind of start a small fire. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sounds safe. That sounds safe. <laughs> I'm a, yeah, I'm a bit of a pyro on my minor hindrance. You do see him do that. You're aware that this is sort of standard burster behavior, and apparently so are the cooks because they kind of take it in stride. So I cause a little mischief. Look at him scans. Don't say anything. So I have to connect the flames pretty often. All right. So is there anything else that uh, you guys would like to do before you head out? I'd like to do a little rummaging and scrounging. Okay. What are you scrounging for? I'm scrounging for a couple of wheels and a platform and maybe a motor or two so I can make a uh, little thing to put my tools on so I don't have to lug uh, these okay. things all over. That certainly makes a lot of sense. I can insist with any lugging that needs doing. <laughs> so can the uh, gooder boy, I would assume. I know, but he looks uncomfortable and naked right now. Uh, I do. The one thing that I am looking around for, I'm actually looking for a couple of books to take with. Because when I'm when I'm okay. in my armor, I can read as much as I want. Everything is all electronic. It's all great. But, you know, when I'm spending time out of my armor, you know, I, I like to read the old fashioned way, you know, bound, uh, bound paper. Oh, unusual for a little boy. In addition to my Bible. Okay, so I need a repair roll for your scrounging efforts. Right. Books are readily available. There's quite a few things that were salvaged from Tolkien when it fell. There are literally thousands of refugees that have made their way here. Uh, some led by Lord Coke, the founder of the Cyber Knights. Some by the famous rogue scholar Aaron Tarr. Some from other sources. But uh, there's quite a few people who made their way here after the war and the siege, as well as after the uh, Juicer Rebellion. So I try to find some good histories. Eight. All right. You uh, have no problems whipping together a little uh, mobile cart. Oh, we can travel. All right. So you head up. The journey is relatively uneventful. The terrain's a bit rough. There are only paths and roads here and there. But for the most part, you don't find any particular difficulty along the way. You arrive at Nathan's Ford, the first city on your list. Uh, it's a very small community. There's not more than 25 people who live there. Uh, it's basically six small farms, each run, uh, they're run by 
uh, a couple, Jocelyn and Jatara, Nathan, uh, a human and an elf. And your briefings give you all this information on the map, but you're surprised when you arrive to see four large, brightly colored trailers towed by all-terrain vehicles. And painted on the sides of these trailers are the words, Professor Wickham's Traveling Menagerie. <laughs> oh, Lord. So uh, what do you do with... What you do is you approach the, uh, the the little hamlet here. Do we know anything previously about this professor? Yeah. I've never heard of this guy before. Okay. <laughs> I'm curious. Some okay. of us look for the Nathans, and some of us can check out the traveling menagerie. I'm very okay. impressed with the ATVs and would like to take a look at me so too. So as, as you approach, you see that they've set up a small stage uh, in the center of the trailers. And you see the Nathans, as well as what appears to be pretty much the entire population of the town, all seated in front of the stage. And uh, as you approach, you see a tall, gangly man in a patchwork coat and a top hat approach. Welcome, welcome. We were just about to begin the show. Please sit and enjoy our tale of the black armored buffoons. Free of charge. Hey, guard your wallets. <laughs> all right. I whisper that. I whisper that. Yeah. Let's check the perimeter of this town. They can sit. Okay, and watch so you're it. not going to sit down and watch the show. You're going to walk around, walk the perimeter, see what's going on. That's correct. I will find. A, I will find a position back in the back of the crowd where I won't block anybody's view and kind of settle in. Okay, Kuba. I'm going to watch the show from the back. Okay, click. I don't have much of a choice. I'm a big behemoth of a guy. I'm in the back. Okay, being gregarious and and talking to the people next to me, much to their annoyance. I too shall do that. Um, I'm just trying to be cautious because uh, I like to Nova sometimes. So I'm hanging out in the back. And if I got a blast, I'll blast. Okay. And Lance. I'm going to join the Cyber Knight. I'm not really interested in this. Okay. So Lady Mimby and Lance are walking the perimeter. I'd like uh, notice rolls from each of you. Okay. So Lady Mimby is completely oblivious. Uh, this is you. This is not your normal elvish terrain. You're just kind of walking around clueless. But Lance is definitely paying attention, and you're pretty confident that you don't see a thing out there uh, that appears threatening. Meanwhile, those of you who are watching the show, they're putting on a little show where they're portraying the Coalition Army as a bunch of foolish, gullible, and mean-spirited bullies. So they're just doing this clown-like spoof of the Coalition, and the villagers are laughing hysterically and applauding as they go through these various little skits. And at the high point, uh, seems to be the climax is when the professor takes the stage uh, along with a dog she identifies as Rex and they act up the part of a dog boy meaning Rex uh, threatening a DB which is the professor in a really ludicrous looking mask uh, and it's just absolutely hilarious the crowd loves it everybody's howling with laughter they're they're the standing ovation and I would love all of you who are watching the play to also make a notice check uh, here's where it comes Click and Leviticus both notice that Rex is dyed brown. This does not appear to be his natural color. And Leviticus, you go a step further. You are pretty sure that what you're looking at is not, in fact, a dog, but actually a wolf. Okay. I kind of quietly whisper my conclusions to uh, to everybody. The Wickham and Rex, the dog, the Wonder Dog act is the end of the show, but they have a couple hours of sideshow that follows the uh, the presentation. So you can wander around and check out a couple of the sideshow events that are happening. I'm actually going to go up and talk to Wickham. Okay. And because, I mean, well, how, how common are wool? I mean, 
well, first of all, a, tr- a, a trained wolf is a, a, a unique thing by all by itself. Uh, that is true. So you, uh, are you are you going in armor or are you going to pop out of your armor for this purpose? I am going to go in armor. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to risk uh, alienating people uh, just yet. Okay. So you pop out of your armor and you go over to Wickham. Hello. Hello. Did I, am I correct in thinking that you're the pilot of that? Wonderful glitter boy armor over there, sir. Indeed, you are. I, it's, it is my pride and joy. You also have much to be proud of. I see. Well, my little show has brought a lot of joy to these small communities. We've been slowly working our way south for the last several months, and uh, it seems that you Tomorrow Legion folks have made the area quite peaceful for us. We very much appreciate it. Well, it's the least we can do. It's not every man who can train an animal quite as uh, quite as fine as that. Oh yes, Rex the Wonder Dog. He's quite uh, quite impressive. Wonder Dog. Well, if if my eyes don't deceive me, he's not really so much a dog as he is a wolf. Oh, I see. Yes. Well, you've seen through my little uh, subterfuge. Yes, uh, he is actually a trained wolf. It's quite remarkable. But we thought that that would cause a bit of perhaps panic in some of these farm communities. So I thought it would be better to dye him brown and then pass him off as a dog. Ah, fascinating. So you've come from the north. Yes. Yes, indeed. Are wolves so plentiful up north that you were able to bring one into the camp? I, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm, you astonish me, sir, with your skill with training. Well, I originated my show in the Colorado Baronies and, uh, uh, the wol- wolves are quite much common out in the West. I see. Well, I look forward to seeing this evening's show, and I wish you well in your uh, in your travel. Oh, thank you very much. And please stop by the uh, the Rex the Wonder Dog attraction once we get it set up. As we've been talking, is there anything about him? I mean, does he seem bothered by the fact that I noticed? I mean, is, is there anything suspicious about him? Nothing obvious, but go ahead and make a notice roll. He does seem a little bit flimflammy, like he's uh, he's he's spinning a tail for you, but you can't really tell whether that's just because he's a showman or whether he's actually trying to hide something. Well, I'll uh, I'll let it go. Uh, Kuva, we're up to wandering, looking at the side attractions. Okay, so the first one you run into is actually a uh, Simvan. He's billed as Lusk, the amazing Beastmaster. And uh, he's doing a show with two falcons that are uh, flying out. They're fetching hats off of people in the audience, dropping rings on the bottles. He seems to be uh, putting on a pretty impressive performance with these birds. So the the birds are taking like what they're taking. They're flying out, popping the hats off of people in the audience and bringing them around. And they're they're carrying rings that they're dropping over bottles and doing aerobatics. Okay, since I have like uh, animal friendship, do I have any like kinship with just any animal, or does it have to be something I generally know? Like, could I? Make, no, you uh, have some kinship with the animal. So you have uh, with the birds. He's he's uh, enticing the audience with. Can I make them come to be? That could be challenging, but you can give it a try. You, I don't believe you have the beast friend power, do you? So you'd have to make a riding roll. You have beast master, but you don't have the beast friend power. So you would have to make a uh, a riding roll to get them to come to you. Let me see if I can um, interrupt his act. Oh, can I do that? Yes, you can. You feel the kinship with birds, but you also get the sense that uh, Lusk is actually controlling them psionically. So you think you could have called them to you normally, but not with him using his psionic powers on them. I'll uh, 
finish watching the show. I'll actually go up and uh, tip them. Okay, click. Yeah, so I'm going to walk around and just kind of look at the sideshows and, and see what's there. Okay, so you you walk over and you see uh, Clayton the sharpshooter. This is where we're set up for some trick shots, lighting a candle on fire, hitting plates thrown in the air. Uh, and the, the gentleman doing it is kind of a, actually so a bit sullen looking human, but he's uh, decently skilled with a Wilkes laser pistol. As you're watching the show, I'd like a notice roll, please. So you see on the wall of his trailer a wreath of wolfsbane. Okay, Quinlan, what are you up to? I'm going to tip, but I also want to start noticing and looking around to see if anything else seems out of place or sort of sketchy or questionable. Well, you go over to watch Rex the Wonder Dog doing his thing, and it's pretty impressive. He seems to be able to understand human speech and answer with coded barks. He does a little agility horse thing. He's placing specific objects in specific colored bins. It's it's impressive. Aren't dogs and wolves colorblind? Around this point, that's when Lance and Lady Mimby return. What are you two going to do as you come back in and see this side on? I guess I'm kind of like, what's closest? I'll, I'll take a look and see what is attracting the most attention. Uh, it seems like Rex the Wonder Dog is is definitely attracting the most attention. Did I watch the, the dog sort colors? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or you know, put the put the ball into the red bin, put the uh, the teddy bear into the blue bin, that kind of thing. Mentioned that I believe wolves be colorblind to my compatriots who are you know anyone who's around. I do think that's very odd. And Lance, what are you up to? I'm just going to keep a general overwatch of the group. I guess if there's nothing you know bad coming from the outside, doesn't seem that way. Just making sure we're not getting robbed. Uh, go ahead, and make a notice roll. So you're kind of watching all of the shows and you see the one that nobody, you know, that's kind of least popular. It's in the same trail as Lusk the Beastmaster. Wickham is doing a guess your age or weight kind of thing. And it seems like he's calling on a particular young woman a little more often than everybody else. For the guess your age and weight? Yeah. Like he's calling on her to be an assistant and he's uh, working with other people in addition to trying to guess guess her age and weight. People like the show. They're having fun, but it just seems like he's got a little bit more. He's paying a little more attention to her. And uh, as you as the show begins to wind down, you see uh, him talking to her and then she follows him over towards uh, Rex the Wonder Dog's trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, does Rex look like he's being given treats or sort of hand fed something? Uh, Rex ha- Rex went into his trailer a few minutes before this happened. Got it. And most other folks have gone into their trailers as well. What would you like to do? After comparing notes on all this, you know, the wolfsbane and the fact that, you know, he has a wolf, like a wild wolf that is, you know, managed to train to do all this stuff so so marvelously. I think this is a werewolf or a shapeshifter or something like that. Start a fire while we don't talk about it. Okay. <laughs> I'm throwing you a Benny for that one because that made no sense whatsoever. Nice. He's taken this young woman over to uh, Rex the Wonder Dog's trailer. What are you going to do about that? I go over to the trailer and uh, listen okay. for disturbance. Make a notice roll at minus one. I'm waiting in the wings on this. Okay. You don't hear anything obviously suspicious. about this to be? What are you doing? My intent was to do the same thing, to see what the interest is in this one particular woman. Okay. Uh, go ahead and make your notice check to listen as well. I'm curious. I'm not. I'm interested in my fire. Fire. <laughs> okay, Lance, listen. You're you're listening to the trailer, and your keen juicer senses. You hear what sounds like a moan and kind of a crunching sound. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Not I, 
swear I'm going to kick down the door. Kick down the door. You want me to roll strength? No, it's uh, actually, yeah, go ahead and roll strength. It's You're a juicer, so this is probably going to be fine, but let's roll it anyway. Yep, that's good enough. You kick down the door and you see the professor seated in a chair. The woman is on the floor. There's no sign of Rex the Wonder Dog, but there is a humanoid with its mouth and fangs latched onto the young woman's throat. That puts us into initiative. Yeah, you don't actually have any uh, any combat experience as a team, so this should be entertaining. <laughs> so the first to go is actually the professor. And uh, he reaches up to his head and does the classic two fingers to the temple Professor X thing. <laughs> I'm guessing it's ionic. Well, he's going to uh, do two things, actually. And let's see how he does on them. Uh, not great on the first one, but okay on the second one. He stares fixedly at Lance. who is going to need to make a spirit roll. And Lance seems to clench his fists in his eyes for a moment as though he's resisting something. And then you see the chemicals start to flow through his juicer rig. And, and he charges directly at this professor guy. Apparently he's, he's a- He's not really a professor. Or not. I mean, he used to be. Maybe he's an ex-professor. <laughs> That's terrible and awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do what I can. Not all capes were heroes. <laughs> <laughs> so Lance is going to charge in and uh, take a swing at this guy with his vibro sword. Okay, he is that's well he does he comes in as Wickham is kind of rising out of the chair with his his fingers on his temple and he slashes with his vibro sword. He carves a line into the body armor that Wickham is wearing underneath his professor outfit. Uh, rising up out of the chair like floating or standing up? Uh just standing up out of the chair. Okay. And he is shaken by this attack. Next up is the vampire who drops the, the uh, now unconscious lady. And he, seeing Wickham under attack by this juicer, he dives over and engages with, uh, with Lance as well. He is attempting to uh, grapple him. All right, so the vampire runs over and attempts to grab Lance, but Lance manages to uh, dodge out of the way. So thus far, uh, you've got a little bit of a melee scrum happening now. And that goes over to Click. And Click pulls out a wand from his belt, fires into this melee a bolt of energy, which strikes Wickham, but to no effect. It, it ricochets off of his armor. The psionic sword slashed through the armor through Wickham's armor. The vibrosword didn't slash through his armor. It just carved a line into it. The energy bolt from his, from Click's wand had no effect. Next up is Kuva. Okay. Um, I'm going to shoot, I guess, a firebolt at the vampire. <clears throat> okay, make a psionics roll. Oh, nice. That uh, Sweet. That hits, that hits with a raise. Fantastic. 
Ouch. Holy cow. What? Four D six? D six busted, but that's not bad. Okay, the vampire collapses to the ground in flames, but it's still moving. Holy macro. Is a tough vampire. I would like everyone to make a common knowledge check, please. Or in in and I will give a plus two to that common knowledge check for Lady Mimby. So uh, Lady Mimby and Kuva, you know that a vampire cannot be destroyed unless its head is removed and the head and body burned in separate pyres. Okay. But it is definitely incapacitated at this point. So Quinlan, you're up. Okay, I'd like to actually try and blast the vampire that's crawling down uh, once and for all. Well, based on your common knowledge roll, you know that uh, blasting it will not actually do any good. You have to decapitate it and then burn it. Specific, jeez. Yep, yeah. it is. Uh, well, I'm going to keep my distance and I'm going to try and bolt the professor in that case. All right. That is sufficient to hit. Awesome. So that does enough damage to cause him to be wounded, which he will attempt to soak. Excellent. Okay, so that is enough for him to soak that wound, but he's still shaken. Okay, Lady Mimby. Wow. Okay. I'm going... Can I... Are they close enough together that I can try to strike the professor and the... Uh, or not really, huh? You're pretty fast, so I would say yes. You could run through the door and position yourself where you could decapitate the wild vampire and then do your second attack on Wickham. Is that straight fighting? That is, in fact, a straight fighting roll, although if you look on your character sheet... I, do I roll twice for the side sword or just once? Well, the vampire is incapacitated and you are at close range. So I'm going to say that you just reach down with your left hand side sword and lop his head off. So it's only the one side sword will easily hit uh, with a raise on Wickham. So that's going to be two two wounds on this guy. If he does not, uh, if he does not soak them, which he does manage to do. So you come in, you strike him with the side sword. He, he just barely dodges out of the way and the side sword cleaves through the, the armchair that he was sitting in, splitting it in two and they crashes to the ground on either side of him. Okay. Leviticus bearing in mind, you are not in your gooder boy armor at the moment. Right. Right. Um, Okay, I can see that the uh, the vampire is decapitated, so he's not an issue. I'm going to come up here and close with a vibra sword. That even contact? No, he dodged out of the way of that one. <laughs> Dang it! All right, new turn. Uh, Lady Mimby, you're up first. We're attacking. Uh... You are attacking the professor, so you can make two rolls this time. The, the first one hits with a raise. Go ahead and roll the damage on the first one. Ouch. So that totals up at 22 armor piercing 2. That's going to do 3 wounds if he fails to soak. Ooh, ouch. <sighs> wow. So he he ducks out of the way part way, but you catch him in the shoulder and your side sword carves through his armor. 
And Lance follows up with his vibro sword. Oh my. <laughs> wow. Boom, boom, boom. And he's going to do an additional. He's going to give him, he's going to add another wound onto this guy. So he carves, he comes in, slashes him across the, the torso, and it carves through the armor, the vibro sword penetrating through the light armor and slashing into his body. Leviticus. Okay, so once again, I'm going to use the vibro sword here at close range. That is good enough to hit, especially with the uh, gang up bonus. Ow. Ow. <laughs> Huh. Now that's your that is your strength in your suit. So we need to make an adjustment there. Oh, right. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. So, however, the D10 alone is a, is enough to put him down. So you 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 strike him from behind just after Lance carves into him with a with a vibro sword. And he drops. And as he does, those of you who are outside see two other people running up. Oh. Uh, you see Lusk the Beastmaster and Clayton running up, both armed. But they will they will not have the chance to act this round before you do. So Quinlan. All right. I'd like to take a bolt at the professor if I can. The professor is dead or at least incapacitated. The vampire is split in two and on fire. So really all that you need to do to finish him off is kick his head away from his body. All right. I'll go for that. On it. You're on the kicking the head. Vampire soccer. How hard can it be? Really not hard considering he's incapacitated. Okay, click is going to hold his action in case the enemy attacker, the enemies attack. Kuva. Um, I'm going to uh, do the same. Okay. Okay. So Kuva draws a joker. Everybody gets a Benny. Ooh, yay. All right. So Lusk looks at Clayton and says, we, we must protect the professor. That give if that gives uh, Kuva and Click the opportunity to go off, hold, and attack if they choose. All right, and um, since I got that Joker, I uh, my power surge kicks in, right? Yes. Okay. So you just got all your power points back. Sweet. <laughs> all right. Um, I'll go ahead and flame burst them since they're grouped together all nicely. So they are. Uh, eight and then plus two for Joker, I guess. So ten. Yes. However, you roll the natural one on your psionics roll. Can I Benny that or no? You can because it's not a critical failure. Spend one of my base. There we go. I'll take it eight altogether. Six damage. That's that's poor. Oh well. Can't win them all. It is. It is scary though. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. The the monster rider ducks underneath it with no problem. So your fellow your fellow Simvin, unsurprised by this uh, psionic attack, and Click also on hold is going to drop a blast on them. Exactly, does that do? 
Oh, a lot of damage. <laughs> a lot of damage. Yeah. Yes. The so an, an enormous coruscating ball of energy explodes over the two of them, and they both go down. I just kind of look like. I was just distracting them. Yes, I must while say. He did his thing. <laughs> very nice. Very very nice. Okay, at this point, we're out of combat, and a whole bunch of the locals and the carny folk are gathering around, uh, trying to understand what the heck is going on here. And uh, as the the two Nortons come up, or the, the two Nathans, I should say, the two Nathans come up, and uh, La- Lady Mimby, uh, what's what's going on here? What a vampire feeding on one of your on one of our uh i i i carry out the the prone young woman she uh, she has obvious vampire wounds on her neck so they don't this doesn't take much convincing the the troop the troopers are very upset we no trust us we had no idea they're 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 backing away they're raising their hands you know look we 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 didn't know i promise you we didn't they, know they need to be detained we'll take them to uh, was it the lady owl for questioning? Owl of owls. Now that owls. Yeah, that would be a departure from your original mission. In that, um, you have a couple more towns to visit, unless you're going to bring them with you on all of these towns. Oh, let's question them. Do you, is there any place safe to keep them while we uh, dispose of the vampire's body? Uh, the townsfolk are are willing to help you guard them. And the the remaining carnies don't appear to be armed. Can we assign one of the townsfolk to take them back to the to Aliyal? You could ask. Sort of deputize. We're going to be able to hold off. I mean, I we know the Simbin has amazing reflexes. Well, we uh, so are you going to check the the ones who are down to see if they're actually dead? Hopefully, including the two that were on the ground. Okay, the professor is dead. Let's check the Simvin that I killed that uh, got blasted as well. See if they have anything on them. The uh, the sharpshooter wilderness scout, uh, he's still alive, and the Simvin uh, is also still alive, but he is bleeding out. He needs immediate immediate medical attention if he's going to survive. Then I su- I suggest we question him first. Uh, he's unconscious, so you're going to have to heal him if you want to question him. They're both unconscious, actually. Right, we can do that. We can heal him up. Uh, well, you would you either make a healing skill roll or someone could use a healing power. I don't appear to have that. Click does. All right, um, before Ooh, no they get order. over to the Simbin, I would have killed him. Okay, he's dead. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> yeah, Click is able to heal the uh, the Wilderness Scout, though. That's Clayton the Sharpshooter. Kill him, too. <laughs> How unfortunate these three lost souls. Didn't make it. We better burn the vampire immediately. He's actually on fire already. So as you kicked him apart, he's crumbling to ash. However, he has set Wickham's trailer on fire. Shall we throw the head in so that uh, the head can burn, or are both parts burning both parts separately? Were on fire. He got pretty thoroughly roasted by. Kuva's fire blast. I leave the I leave the burning trailer. <laughs> okay. 
watching and clapping my hands in joy. Do you know how we can help this poor young woman? You know from your experience with vampires that she would have been in thrall to the vampire since the vampire incapacitated her with his bite. However, since the vampire is dead, uh, she will she can recover normally. We explain that the young woman needs take care of her. She will recover. And so how many of the, the troop came to the rescue that are still alive? Just the sharpshooter? And um, no, there are about a dozen other people in the troop, the stagehands and the like. And they appeared, none of them are armed. So they didn't exactly come to the rescue. They came to see what was going on. But of the people who came to help, the Simbin is dead. The sharpshooter is alive. Yes. Uh, That's it. Okay. And everybody else is just kind of standing around. Yes. Had enough charisma or persuasion to help start going through and questioning. Yeah. So I'm going to call this a dramatic task rather than playing out the questioning of each and every individual, except for Clayton. You probably want to have an actual conversation with him. So go ahead. And those people who want to question the the rest of the troop, uh, go ahead and make notice rolls because you're attempting to determine if they're if they're being straight with you. They're all claiming that they had no idea that they were traveling with a vampire. Okay. <laughs> I, I also want to know how they came to uh, join this troop and what they knew about Professor Wickham. They, they all say that they all have different versions of the story, but basically Wickham started out the troop with just one trailer and Rex, and he recruited everybody over the course of traveling south from, New, from uh, Chi-Town. So you're not sure if they're if they're being straight with you, except Leviticus. You actually think they are. And Kuva, you're, you agree. Your your beast instincts are telling you these guys are are playing it straight. And have they have they noticed any type of behavior where you know, uh, like a, a townsperson is taking and and kind of disappears? They only spend one night in each town, so if this had been happening, they wouldn't have noticed it. Sounds like these guys are playing pretty close to the vest in terms of the vampire activity. Um, and the the people that were charging in were probably doing so just like to defend the professor without really realizing that he was a vampire or that he had, uh, was working with a vampire. Well, you could uh, interrogate Clayton, the sharpshooter, and see what he has to say. Yeah, let's let's have a conversation with him. He, it, when you arrive, he's he's got his arms folded, and he's basically saying, "I ain't talking." I can change that pretty quickly. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, all right. Let's do this reasonably. Are you sure? I'm, I'm lacking in anything that would be helpful. I, I got no real persuasion <laughs> skills here. I mean, I'll give, I I'll give persuasion, persuasion. I'll give persuasion um, a chance. I don't know. You could probably try to beat it out of him. Don't that is the last resort. Intimidation is also an option. Did you have any idea that you were traveling with a vampire? I had some hints. I'm going to kind of push my way in and be like, look, man, 
when the juice starts flowing, I'm not really sure how much I can hold back on hurting you. So how about you just answer her questions and we move along with our lives um, for intimidation? Go best for you if if you helped us to understand what's happening here, Clayton. Okay. Just want I, to know what's what's happening. I had I was keeping an eye on old Wickham and uh, he he looks suspicious to me and I didn't I know a wolf when I see one. So I kind of sussed out that uh, we might be traveling with a vamp, but this is a good gig. And I didn't want to rock the boat. So uh, if the vamp pulled any shenanigans, he gestures to a pump pistol on the ground nearby that he was carrying when he was hit. I was ready for him. You carrying that uh, to protect people from from Rex. I was carrying that to protect me from Rex in case he ever went feral exactly is clayton i mean is he a human is there yeah, anything about him that, okay did you end up joining this this troop here uh, i was kind of i was outside of chai town in the slums needed work wickham's show came through talked him into taking me on well you do without professor wickham and rex well i imagine uh i might be able to continue the show on my own i've got plenty of stage crew might be able to drum up some new acts as we head uh, as we head. I don't think I'll keep going south. Considering you folk probably head back north towards Chi Town. Clayton's circus of sharpshooting sounds pretty good, don't it? Yeah, sounds like you can make a go with that. And you can also make a notice roll to see if you believe him. You are pretty sure that he's lying about the vampire part. You think that he knew all along what was going on. Well, he wanted the money and a steady paycheck. Does anyone check the gun, by the way? I'm kind of curious. Yeah, click, and you and Click grab the gun, crack it open. It is a TX-5 pump pistol loaded with six rounds of solid silver bullets. Just the sort of thing you'd want to take out a vampire. I think we should have a quick powwow. All right, so he knew, so he knew, but didn't do anything to stop it. So that's like sort of an accessory to the murderers. What do we do? Break his legs and then let him go? Or <laughs> I mean, we're empowered to do that, right? To meet, to, to use our judgment and. What's the punishment for uh, abetting murder? In the well, in the Tomorrow Legion, they have a fair. If you were actually under in Tomorrow Legion territory, which you're not, then he would be put on trial and potentially sentenced to uh, imprisonment at at the Castle Refuge. And we're about a day's journey from. About a day on foot, yeah. Say we take him prisoner. I say we break his thumbs. I say we take all of his stuff, break his thumbs, and turn him bootless out into the wild. And then move on with the rest of our mission. Anyone else care to weigh in on this decision? We'd prefer sure. to keep it clean. If we're going to do that, I say we kill him. Aren't you supposed to be a hero of the people? I, I, I am. Yeah, and he's, I'm trying to... he's a criminal. He's clearly he, a criminal. He, and he's he's clearly stood stood by and traded money for for the lives of innocent people so i cut his throat we leave him by the side of the road and let's go well see i'm trying to balance you know justice with mercy here and he knew about this stuff then i'll cut his throat and we'll read a little sign that says this is what happens if you help vampires <laughs> my character my character well, starts a small fire in the corner okay. <laughs> it, starts, uh, it starts drifting toward the tent where his uh what are you doing rests. put that out <laughs> Stop it. It's too late. Fire's burning. It's so beautiful. <laughs> His tent is now like uh, largely starting to become engulfed. Um, <laughs> shall, shall we have the village people? I, I, as, 
as a, as a glitter boy and as a noble person, I hang my head and, and just sort of shed a tear at the injustice of it all. But on the other hand, he was kind of a scumbag and, you know, all right. Allowed innocence to either or die or be taken for selfish uh, financial gain. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is that, okay, so either we send we pass justice, you know, sentence on him and kill him, which I think is a, is a little harsh, uh, or we do something in between. So somewhere between doing nothing and killing him. So, so if if we were to hold court, I mean, do we have authority to 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 hold some kind of trial for this thing? I, well, I think that we were granted the authority. Did we to allow meet, the, to the people judgment? to pass justice on on this. Oh, they're not passing justice. It would be us. It would certainly be within your mandate to allow the the people of Nathan's Ford to pass judgment on him. I vote for we that. do that, and and we'll carry out the sentence. What about the other twelve? The other twelve, we after investigating with them, we you know we kind of came to believe that they didn't know anything about it. Is that right? That's, that's true. That's that's what you're thinking. Yeah. So I, there was not enough based on our investigation. There wasn't really enough evidence for any of them to come to trial. That's that's what you're thinking right now. Yeah. Let's go talk to the Nathans. Yeah. That's if the Nathans are the leaders of this small hamlet. They are. Turn this guy over to them for trial. We'll carry out their sentence. Yeah. Give them the evidence and say, look, we get here moving by sundown. So this trial's got to be speedy. Wash our hands of this to some extent. The Nathans kind of confer for a minute and and they come back and say, well, all things considered, if what you say is true, I think exile is the right path for him. Take his weapons, take his armor, put him out in the wilderness, see how he does then. He claims to be a wilderness scout. Let's see him prove it. And if he comes back in here, we'll deal with him. Break his thumbs first or? <laughs> Fair enough. I mean. There you go. I mean, break his it, thumbs. It, it, break his thumbs. It seems, it seems like a reasonable handicap to to put him under, you know, for the for the damage that he allowed to take place. Uh, just cut him loose. We we don't cotton to that kind of torture here, and I'm re- frankly surprised to hear folk of the Tomorrow Legion signing on to something like that. Torture is pain caused for, you know, joy and sadistic pleasure. This is pain caused as a as a, as a a just recompense for damage done. But I see your point. So they they basically strip him down to his uh, a t-shirt and shorts and uh, run him out of the village. And then uh, the Nathans say, uh, we noticed you folk came here on foot. We're thinking that the uh, the rest of these folk can take their vehicles and go. But that ATV that uh, was attached to the professor's trailer, we figured we'd hang on to that and hand it over to the Legion. Sounds good. Sounds good to us. Much appreciated. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so you have acquired a big boss ATV. Awesome. Anybody know how to drive? It's a, that's a good question. As it happens, uh, Click is uh, quite competent at driving. Ooh. Okay, Sorry, good. And not up be me. to three others can ride in the vehicle with him. I'll be, I'll be riding my Griffin. So right. Fine. And the Gooder voice armor would not fit in there, but oh. which basically means that the other three of you can't have a lift. He uh, can run alongside. I'll yeah, Click right asks yeah. if he can take the rest of the day to, uh, or rather than the, the morning, because it's now after midnight, to refit uh, the the driver's seat for uh, Trimador proportions. Okay. That's good. Uh, and you note, you also note in observing it that there are a couple, of, there are a couple of weapons mounts on it. So if you acquire some heavy weapons at some point, 
you could potentially mount them onto this thing and have a gunner in addition to the driver. Sweet. Very and, nice. Uh, Go in guns blazing. Nice. Just might come in handy. We run into more vampires. All oh. right. Click does his modifications. You mount up on your griffin slash glitter boy armor slash ATV, and you head on out for the next town. The Rift setting, the Megaverse, and associated characters and locations are the property of Palladium Books. Savage Worlds is the property of Pinnacle Entertainment. All other content is the property of Happy Monster Press. Find us at www.happymonsterpress.com or as Happy Monster Press on Twitter, Facebook, MeWe, and Post. Theme music, Jason Shaw's Ice Cold. Oh, shout. <laughs>